Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Michelle Emerson. And Bridget Spackman, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. We've got a good one for you today, folks. Yes, I felt like Steve Harvey saying that. In today's episode, we are going to share 10 easy-to-implement grading hacks. You all loved episode 061 with 10 easy-to-implement time management hacks, so we are back with more. We know that grading can suck a lot of your time, so we hope this episode will be helpful for you. But first, let's listen to a TSH from Jennifer. She says, report cards, fifth grade all subjects, 30 students, standards-based grading. Oh my gosh, yeah. Report cards are a huge time-sucking hurdle. There's something we can't necessarily avoid. I mean, they have to get done, but you can become more efficient with your grading so that it takes less time and hopefully this episode will help with that. Yeah, absolutely. I think grading goes right along the lines of um, completing your report cards. So I think if you have a really good grading system to be able to, you know, look back to, then completing your report cards is going to be a lot easier. Yeah. We did an Instagram post at the end of January and we asked you all which one you would choose. So your choices were no grading, no meetings to attend, no copies to make, or no emails to answer. And so many of you chose no grading. And Bridget and I are like, yeah, what? Like we were so surprised because we don't feel like grading is that big of a TSH. And I think when we talked about it, we realized, you know what? It's because we've developed those habits that allow us to grade more efficiently. And in reality, I think a lot of teachers struggle with grading. And we're going to give a little tough love. We think teachers tend to make three main mistakes when it comes to grading. (laughs) Number one, teachers let it pile up, right? Like that stack of papers you have to grade just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Number two, teachers grade too many things. Mm -hmm. Like they're trying to grade everything. And we're going to come back to that with one of our tips. And then number three, teachers aren't prepared to grade. Like they don't have a system in place. So they end up wasting time every time they sit down to grade. Yeah. So we're going to give you 10 easy to implement grading hacks. And let's go ahead and jump right on in into the first one. The first one is stop grading everything. (laughs) Again, tough love. You don't need to grade every assignment that your students complete. In fact, you shouldn't be grading everything that your kids complete. We really have to give kids time to be able to practice skills before we go to grade something and tell them how they are at that task. And I think one of the things, um, and I'm going to go a little bit on a tangent, but it's not going to be long, I promise. One of the things that I remember back when, you know, in March, when we all had to go virtual for COVID of 2020, is that um, teachers were giving too many assignments, too many tasks. We have to think about the quality of the assignment versus the quantity of assignments that we're giving our students. So if everything is important, then nothing is important. And we have to remember that. So students need those opportunities, like we said, to be able to practice. Use the sports analogy. You have practice and then you have games. You have to have days where you're just going to practice, where you're going to be out there on the field doing your thing. And then you have the the days where it's like, all right, we mean business. Like things are about to happen. We got a score that we're looking for. Um, I'm not a super fancy sports person. You did a decent job with that. Thank you. (laughs) It was acceptable. I appreciate it. Thank you. 
I appreciate that. So you have to also make sure that you're checking your district's policy in terms of required grades. So for Michelle, I know that she has about six to eight grades that she has to have per subject per marking period. For me, I need to have three assessments for each standards-based target that I focus on. And then you're going to space those out throughout the time frame that you're going to be teaching. So you could create and keep a list of what you grade for each marking period subject and reference it throughout the year and from year to year, obviously. Yeah. So that's one of those things. Like when you're a first year teacher, obviously you have to figure it out as you go. But at the end of the year, like look back at your, what's it, your grade book and keep a list and say, okay, for math, I graded these things for the first marking period and these things were the second. And then you can reuse that year after year. Yes, Bridget, who's raising her hand. Thank you. I think this is important too, because we oftentimes as teachers, I feel like sometimes we want to reinvent the wheel because we get so bored with the same assignments. But remember, the kids haven't seen those assignments before. So use your same assignments. What you are teaching does not change. What changes is who you are teaching and how you are going to differentiate and accommodate those students that need, you know, a, a special assistance. That's the only thing that ends up changing. Yeah. And if you need to, like if you look back at an assignment and you're like, eh, maybe that wasn't the best way in order to evaluate their progress. Like, yes, you can make small changes, but I guarantee you most of what you used from the previous year is good enough. You yeah. know what I mean? Like Bridget said, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. All right. Hack number two is to create a template. Y'all know we love ourselves a good template, <laughs> but when it comes to grading, templates actually have a slightly different meaning. Because if you think about a template in terms of like a slideshow template, you're like, how do I do that for grading? So I'm going to give you a couple of different ideas. One form of a template would be an answer key. And Bridget and I mentioned that a mistake a lot of teachers make is that they're not prepared to grade. They don't have a system in place. You should have an answer key already ready to go so that you don't waste time either trying to create one or trying to not have one. And then every time you look at a kid's paper, you're like, wait, what was the answer to that one? Have an answer key ready to go. Once again, going back to the previous uh, hack, if you already have a list of the assignments you're going to grade, have the answer key ready to go. You can keep it in a page protector and then you can have a binder that literally is like your binder of graded assignments. And you can have a you know paper copy of the one assignment and then you can have an answer key. Another form of a template would be a rubric. Obviously, you should use rubrics for like all of writing assignments, but you might even have rubrics for other types of assignments like for math. You know, do the students need to have an equation? Do they need to show certain number of strategies and whatnot? You can even build the rubric into the paper. I know when I started teaching writing in fourth grade last year, I originally had the rubric separate. It was like a half piece paper and then I would have to staple it to the writing assignment and that took time. And then I realized, you know what, if I'm going to give them paper to like respond to the writing prompt on, I could actually have the rubric like down in the bottom corner or down at the very bottom of the backside of the paper or whatever. That's going to save me time so I don't have to print the rubric separately and then cut them out and then staple them to the paper like they're already there ready to go. A final form of a template when it comes to grading would be using a comment bank or using a stamp. So if you are collecting grades digitally, which I know right now a lot of us are, you can actually use a comment bank either directly in Google Classroom. Um, Bridget, does Schoology also have like a comment bank where you can save comments? Okay. So most likely your LMS will have a place for you to store comments. 
if for whatever reason it doesn't, or somehow you're giving digital assignments but not through an LMS, you can actually keep a Google Doc or even the Notes app. Think about our last episode we shared about all about the Notes app. Was that the last episode or the one before this? No, that was two episodes ago. Yeah, two episodes ago, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, 063. It's been a long day of podcast recording. Uh, but you can save a list of comments that you're frequently using in there so that all you have to do is copy and paste. Now, when it comes to physical grades, you can actually create a custom stamp with commonly used comments. I know that sounded confusing, commonly used comments. Go on to Amazon and search custom stamp. Y'all, they're not expensive. They're like 10 bucks. You can fully customize what you want the stamp to say and order it. So a couple of examples. If you're constantly writing the same phrases on a student's paper, like possible redo or make sure you check your work or whatever, you can get that created into a stamp. So all you have to do is stamp it on. Or let's say you have a student with a 504 or an IEP and they have certain accommodations. I know when I've had students, I've had to like write out which accommodations they used on that assignment. You can actually create a stamp for that student that lists their accommodations as like little check boxes. So then you can stamp their page and then just check off the accommodations that they used. I know for us with math, we actually have two different areas. We have computational skills and we have problem solving. And for math assignments, like we'll take part of the math assignment as a computational skills grade and then part of it as a problem solving grade. So I actually created a stamp that lists like computational skills and problem solving. So all I have to do is fill in the grade for each one instead of rewriting it over and over and over again. So the next hack is going to be to schedule a time. And this one's really important. When you create a habit of grading at the same time every day or every week, you're going to build consistency. So then that way you're not allowing all of your grades to just be able to pile up at the end of the week. Your brain gets into this like, I'm going to grade mode during that specific time that you have allotted to getting your grades finished. And when your brain is in that, I'm just going to sit down and I'm going to grade mode, you're going to have better focus in the long run. So this becomes part of your routine. So you don't even have to really think about it. And it's easy to put your grading aside because I think we have all been there at some point in our teaching careers and just focus on like, other things. So allowing you to have that like specific time. I know for me, I usually do it like on Thursdays during my, um, my planning period at the end of the day, because it's really nice. I have, I have a planning period at the end of the day. I know I would be jealous too, if I had that too, because it's pretty great. So when I have that, I know that I can just go ahead and get all of those grades done. And then I'm really focused on it. Um, and then I don't have to worry about it kind of piling up at the end of the week. So have a set time. Um, maybe you have like one day that you start off every single week, or maybe you have two different time frames every single week, but find something that's going to work best for your schedule and your needs. And depending on how much grading that you actually do. And that leads us right into hack number four, which is to batch your grading. Y'all, if you haven't listened to it, I know we've plugged it so many times, but it's because it's such a great episode. Go back and listen to episode 008, Get More Done With One Simple Trick. I'll give you a clue that one simple trick is batching. So batching allows us to be more efficient and we naturally batch things in our life. Think about when you do laundry. I've never met a person that washes one sock at a time. Okay, that would be madness. Instead, we batch our laundry and we do a tub all at one time because it's faster. If you are batching your grading, then you can get more done in less time. So just a few examples. If you're 
grading everything at one time, then you don't have to open up your grade book over and over again, or you don't have to get out your markers over and over again, or your stickers. I don't know about you, but my grade book is always super slow. Like it takes forever to like load and, and get ready to go. You also can start to memorize the answers. I know when I grade math assignments and I batch it, I start to know, oh, well, the answer to number one is 32 and the answer to number two is 67. Like you start to memorize all of the answers. And we already mentioned having an answer key ready to go, but obviously it saves even more time if you have the answers memorized and you don't even have to look at that answer key. And you can even keep that same comment copied and then paste it again and again. We mentioned having the comment bank of those comments you're constantly leaving. If I'm working on grading a math assignment and I'm leaving basically the same comment for every kid, I can have it already copied and then just paste it over and over and over again. The next one, number five, for our hack is to create a paper flow system. I really think that this one's important and it's something that we've talked a lot about, creating a nice little paper flow system. And you have a turn-in station essentially. So this is gonna be different bins, either for your different groups or for your students or for your subjects. And this is really nice if you kind of create that organizational systems for each of your groups or, or homerooms or whatever it is that you end up having to be able to turn things in because then you're not having to worry about papers getting mixed with the one another, with each other. So you don't have to spend the time of you sitting there sorting everything out and making sure that you have that all distributed, you know, whenever you are trying to collect them all back. So have an area where you can have like your turn-in station. Um, at your turn-in station, you can have a stapler, which is really important. You can have a highlighter. Guys, I even put tape there. Yes, tape. We all have those students who will either like write so hard that they create holes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> or I used to have a kid who would eat paper. And so like it would be like torn. And so I have them repair their papers before they turn it into me. Yeah, I know. Um, you can also have highlighters so that you can use it for your different homeroom classes. So each a specific color would be for a specific class so that you can differentiate between them. Um, you can also use color coded binder clips if you are that person. Michelle, I am that, that person. person. She is definitely that person. I don't do that, but <laughs> she is all color code system girl over there. Um, you can also have a place to store them um, so that you have to have them graded. So this could be a drawer or a bin that will hold all of the papers that need to be graded. For me, I have a little binder that will keep track of like some of my students' work and it has some notes that I will just put in there and all of it's within this little bitty binder. So it's just nice for me to be able to take it out and be able to get it done. Plus, it's also a a little bit of a tracker guys because the moment that I can't shut my binder that tells me that my grading has gone way too far. Um, have a place to also be able to store the papers that you need to have returned and you can also again differentiate these between your binder system or if you have different bins have different bins so that you can easily pass out all of those materials at the end of the day. Um, and then also you want to make sure that you identify how are you going to end up returning these papers. So this can be mailboxes, folders, are you going to just pass it out during the specific time in class? Whatever works best for you um, is a great way for for you to do it. So tip, not tip, hack number six. I keep forgetting that these are hacks. A hack hacks. is different than a tip, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> hack number six is to alphabetize your papers. Now, let's first talk about why this is important. When you enter grades into your grade book, I would be willing to bet you like $5 or however much that your grade book is in alphabetical order. 
Okay, that's what happens with a grade book. Like it puts the students in alphabetical order. So if your papers are already in alphabetical order, when you go to enter them in the grade book, it's going to speed up that process because you're just going to go in order. And then when you're trying to pass papers back, it's a lot easier if they're already in alphabetical order. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about how to do this because I do not want you spending time alphabetizing papers. No, no, no. Like we're trying to save you time here. Okay. So option number one, you can assign a student like you could call them the mailman or whatever you want to call them, their job could be to alphabetize the papers. Now, once again, there's a few different ways that you could do this. You can have a copy of your student roster right by the turn-in bin. So they could go through the papers in the turn-in bin, look at the roster, and they can put them in alphabetical order. An even faster way is to actually assign each student a number. Now, you're not just giving them a random number. You're not letting them pick their number. No, no, no. That number corresponds to their order on your roster in alphabetical order. And whether you do it by first name or last name, again, it kind of depends on how your gradebook is organized. But if you assign them a number, then make sure the students kind of build that habit of always writing their paper or their number in the corner of their paper. That student could then just put them into number order. So they're just looking at the corner of the paper, looking at that number and putting them into order. I will tell you, you will start to memorize their number and then it makes it even easier if you ever have to sort it. Let's say your mailman is absent, whatever. You will start to memorize the student order and it just makes it that much easier. And then when you're checking their papers, you're like, oh, number eight is missing. That's Bridget. Like it just it becomes something that you don't even have to think about. Like it's just memorized. Um, another Can, op. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to mention this one. Good. OK. Oh, all right. Well, no. Oh, oh, like you want to do the next bullet? Well, yeah, because this was something that I started doing this year. Okay, go ahead. So something that I really started um, doing this year is because of COVID, I my systems have been a little bit different, right? And so passing out papers and it just takes way too much time for me. So one thing that I've done is I've taken the mailboxes that I can no longer use because everybody has a desk, like an individual desk to put all their materials. I kept the mailbox and now I actually have the kids' um, names and it's all in alphabetical order, of course, or in their number order. And they will just place their papers there and I will collect them at the end of class. And then if I'm ready to pass them out, I will just put them there. And I have a like in my morning message for kids to just go and grab like their materials out of their mailbox. Makes it super easy. Yeah, it's funny because we're supposed to be starting hybrid um, in another week. And because again, we're recording this at the end of February. So as of March 1st, we will officially be in a hybrid format where we're teaching students in person while also teaching students online at the exact same time. But we're not allowed to collect papers back. We can give papers to students, but we can't collect them. Yep. No, they they kind of told us that as well. And so there's kind of a, you know, a specific like day, like time frame between how long you can do it. They try to minimize it as much as possible. But there are certain things like I have specific assessments that I will do at the end of units or, you know, we give the SR, we have like an SRI and an SRA. We give the SRA now at three points in the year, but it's all paper. So um, I collect those, but I let them sit for a little bit and then I end up taking them from there. Okay. I gotcha. All right. Go on to the next one. Oh, okay. (laughs) So a hack number seven is to use technology. And I think this is one that I, I feel as though we are all starting to embrace just a little bit, but it's just a reminder for those of you who have not totally embraced it all the way. But you can use technology to really 
automatically grade your assignment. So Google Forms, for instance, if you create some form of a quick check or an exit ticket, Google Forms will automatically grade that for you so that way you don't have to worry about it. If you have an LMS, there are different features within your LMS that will allow you to have all your grades done automatically. I love using quizzes in math um, with Schoology because it automatically has it graded for me. Now, if you end up choosing to have like a short answer or something to that extent, you do have to go back in and kind of adjust their grades a little bit, but it does cut down a ton of time for me just having to check, you know, A, B, C, D or whichever one it is. Um, this is really good for using your multiple choice assignments. And then you can also administer these assignments digitally in order to be more effective. So you don't have to make any copies. You don't have to have to alphabetize papers. Um, and try typing the comments usually takes less time than it is handwriting. And again, if you go back to one of the last tips about having, you know, a bank of just comments, it makes it even easier. Hack number eight is to squeeze it in. <laughs> so let's talk about a few different ways you can squeeze in your grading. And by squeeze it in, I mean grading in those little pockets of time you find throughout the day. You can actually start grading while students are still submitting their work. So right now, while we have been teaching virtually so far this school year, when my students are working on an assignment, I'm already starting to grade assignments that have been turned in through Google Classroom. You can also grade while you're waiting for a meeting to start. I know I typically get to meetings, whether they're virtual or in person, a few minutes early, and I will either have like my iPad and I'll start grading assignments during that time, or back when we were in person and had papers, I would bring a stack of papers and I would start grading during those few minutes. You're not gonna get a lot done, but you can get a couple of papers graded and that's gonna save you time. If you are doing things digitally, like in our last hack, if you're using technology, you could even grade while you're standing in line at the store. So like while you're trying to stock up on toilet paper that everyone keeps buying and selling out of, you can be standing there and actually getting grading done. This is actually called micro productivity. Now, we're not saying don't batch, okay? Batching is still extremely helpful and we highly recommend it, but you can still use those small pockets of time to get a little bit more done. If you are anything like me, because sometimes I'm like, no, I just want to sit down like and actually be able to focus on it. And if I'm, you know, standing in line at the grocery store, I can't focus. Or if I'm waiting for a meeting to start, I can't focus. Well, if you can't focus on the actual grading, you could do some of those other mindless tasks. For example, putting stickers on assignments. I always like to put stickers on them and that's something that I can do in a little pocket of time, but I don't have to think about it. You know, like I'm just flipping through the papers and sticking on stickers. So use those pockets of time to get little things done that will end up making your grading be done faster. I would have loved to have you as a teacher. Thanks. To get a sticker on my paper, that would have been great. Hack number nine is to use a grading system. So students can check their work as they finish. Um, you can have copies of the answer key in a separate area away from where students are working. And as kids are finishing up their work, they can go to that station and check it with a pin. Um, this can be somewhere that's close to where the, you or you know the teachers that is working that way so that you can kind of just double check it to make sure that students, you know, are not changing any of their answers. So that kind of holds that accountability piece. Um, and also you will have to, if you want to start implementing some of these ideas right now, just make sure that you are following some of the guidelines that your, you know, your district, your school is kind of setting forth for you. So if you can't do a lot of movement at the moment, so this will be something that hopefully you can do um, at the start of the next school year. But a grading station is a great way to have kids be accountable and you want them to be able to 
um, check their own answers and reflect on what they've done and to see the mistakes that they have made. Um, I think it's a way it's a really valuable lesson for kids to be able to just kind of see how they're doing. Okay, other options is that you could grade papers as a class. So depending on the assignment, you can always just have kids take out their pens. I remember doing this a ton in school and it was really helpful because I would have automatic feedback. And I think that was always a really great thing to have that feedback right then and there. Um, Have kids take out a pen and check their answers right then and there and then pass it all up to the front. So use ideas and things that are gonna really work for your class. And our final hack is to check in and grade. I felt like I just had to change my voice for that one. You have great voices. Oh, I thank you. (laughs) So here's what we mean by check-in and grade. You can actually start marking questions as correct when you're checking in with students. So what I mean by checking in with them is, you know how you walk around the room and you kind of look over their shoulder and you start to give them that feedback. If I'm, you know, looking at Bridget's paper and I see Bridget has number one, two, and three correct, but number four is incorrect. I might go ahead and put a check mark by one, two, and three. And then I might point to question four and, you know, give her some feedback and be like, hey, you know, you might want to try a different strategy or whatever. You could already have like half of the questions graded before kids even turn in their work. And it allows them to then fix their work and identify their mistakes. This obviously works better for classwork than it would for like a quiz or a test. Um, But if students notice, hey, she marked one, two, and three correct, but she did not mark four correct, they can then reflect on their work and identify their mistakes, which as Bridget already mentioned, is extremely powerful. We do something called hands-on equations. So it's a way for students to actually start to learn algebra in elementary school. They actually use these like pawn pieces. It almost looks like chess pieces on like a board to represent the variables and equations and they move them around. And it's a really cool um, program curriculum. I, I don't know, but we will do these like sets where they have these practice problems and I use a yellow pen so it's not like too distracting on their page but I'll walk around the room and just like check off the ones that are correct and then my students will know like any ones that didn't get checked off they have to go back and fix and it becomes just a routine and it makes my life so much easier. All right, so let's go ahead and review all 10 of our hacks. So hack number one is to stop grading everything. Hack number two, create a template. Hack three, schedule a time. Hack four, batch your grading. Hack five, create a paper flow system. Hack six, alphabetize your papers. Hack seven, use technology. Hack eight, squeeze it in. Hack nine, use a grading station. And hack 10, check in and grade. Now, if you haven't heard yet, we have a freebie for you and I know we're a little biased, but it's a pretty amazing freebie. So you need to go grab it. It is a 30-day challenge. And this challenge is going to allow you to work only contract hours as a teacher. Yeah, we're going to show you how you can stop bringing work home. So make sure you head over to teachingonthedouble.com. You're going to see it right there on our homepage. You can have it sent to your email literally right now absolutely free. And while you're on our website grabbing that freebie, make sure you submit your TSH and you could be featured on a future podcast episode. We would also love for you to subscribe to Teaching on the Top or Teaching to the Top. I don't even know the name of our podcast anymore, Bridget. This is so sad. We need extra coffee. We do need extra coffee. It's been a long day, (laughs) but we would love for you to subscribe so that you are notified every time we drop a new episode, which 
spoiler alert, it's every Thursday morning. Uh, We would also love for you to leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know how much you love the podcast and we would love you right back. And until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.